is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Plus, sir. How's it going? Pretty good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear yourself okay? okay. Yeah, and I can hear you fine too. I just I'm outside in a spot where I got a good connection. So well, ladies and gentlemen, family, welcome back to another episode of Entertainment Beyond. As always, I'm one of your guest hosts, Jensen Motherfucking Dean Jackson, joined by Mr. Entertainment Beyond, Alan Weinstein. And Alan, today we're here to give our personal opinions on our top six worst and top six best movies of the pandemic. And as you had said... Oh, in, we're still in full flare of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that we're still <laughs> in the full swing of. But, uh... Yeah, so I guess we could just crack off. You know, I'll, I'll go first since you you're tired of going first all the time. So are you gonna uh, do your are you gonna do your favorites first? Okay, no. so let me let me no, go ahead. No, no, I'm gonna do the worst ones first. You're gonna do the worst ones first. Okay, so I want to preface this just, and I guess I could wait till it's my turn. But me, these are going to be because I, you know, like I said when I started kind of researching for this list that I have been inadequate in watching enough movies on the list of top 100 from either year, that kind of stuff to really, um, so this is really going to be more a list of my my favorite and least favorites as opposed to, you know, a real fair conversation about best and worst. I, you know, I couldn't judge an award show at the moment on movies from those years. So these were just ones that I enjoyed or disliked um, is where I, those were my lists are coming from. Fair enough. I'm just going to go straight across the bow with it. Six I liked, six I didn't like. And we'll start out with probably one of your more favorite movies of the pandemic. Uh, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Comes in at so number This is six. number six on yeah. your... So the, okay. On my worst movies. Number five is Bloodshot, starring Vincent Diesel. Um... Oh my God! I, if anybody liked that movie, I, there's something wrong with them personally. So I, I I loved Space Jam so too. So I liked that. So I already have a a discrepancy with that. And honestly, I never saw Bloodshot. I wanted to see it because I, you know, I, I'm am I a Vin Diesel fan? That's kind of a t- um, you know, I there's things I like him in and things I don't like him in. I, most times in acting, to be okay. Um, the less acting he has to do, more just kind of, you know, physical action stuff, he's pretty okay. Um, and I thought that this seemed like that kind of a movie, so I wanted to see it, but I never saw it. So, um, yeah, I don't you know how really bad it is. shit at all. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> it was a all right, made so movie four. based off a comic book, of course, but still a poorly made movie. Um, coming in at number four. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. You know, this is a franchise that 
I feel like they've been on their last legs since, like, I think this is movie number four. So, you know, I think it, it peaked at number, fuck, you know, number one. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't get higher than James Wan's The Conjuring. It's a very magical horror movie, and this one just didn't have anything going for it. You know, Ed and Lorraine Warren have pretty much turned into cast members of Scooby-Doo with their running around solving mysteries and shit like that. It just, it, it, I, I like being scared. You know, I have a problem feeling fear, and that's why I like horror movies. And this was not scary. It was laughable. Some of the, the choices made in the movie, very laughable. So that, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, coming in at number four. Coming in at number three is Fast 9, or F9. And I didn't want to. It definitely wasn't going to make my top six movies, but I feel like, you know, we got two more movies. They need to rein it in. They went to space. They did a lot of this movie made no sense. You know, the movie opens up. Dom and Letty are hanging out on a farm with little Brian and they are over overly paranoid after all the shit they've done nine movies later. And they're just now paranoid about, you know, some random shit happening to their kid. It just I, I felt like they went a little too far. They jumped, as I, as I said on Twitter, Facebook, they jumped the shark, they jumped the shark, that jumped another shark. They went too far. Right. So the F9 comes in at number three. Number two, a movie that you found uh, palatable, uh, Red Notice. No. Is that what it's called? Yeah, you know what? That's funny because it's number two on my list as well. For best or worst? Worst. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, like I've said before on the podcast, it's a movie that reminds me of something that I would have caught for free on like Channel 12, you know, a, a movie of the week. It had no plot. It was, I mean, I, I saw the, the twist about The Rock being another air quotes master thief coming from a mile away. It just, this movie didn't work. I didn't even really appreciate Gal Gadot, and I, you know, She's not the strongest actress, actress, but I I like her as Princess Diana and Wonder Woman. But this movie just didn't. Even Ryan Reynolds wasn't firing on any cylinders at all. It just didn't work for me. It's a shame that Netflix has decided to waste more money to produce sequels. Um, I would suspect that they're going to be the same pile of shit as the first one. And then right. number one, number huh? one, your worst movie of the last two years is Snake Eyes. Haven't seen it still. Uh, oh my god, man. I don't know. If you haven't seen it, then I don't want to say too much about it, but I did not enjoy what they did with these characters at all. There's a whole power dynamic flip that happens uh, between the two main characters that, you know, the, the lore of these characters, it's important to establish one as, a, 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 I guess, a misunderstood character, if not a villain and the other as some type of hero. But they, they, it seems like they go out of their way. I'll just say it. They basically make Snake Eyes the villain. Okay. The actions he takes in this movie directly relate to Storm Shadow being cast out of his, his own ninja clan or whatever. And yeah, I just didn't like it because it does not... You're trying to say this guy's a hero, but every action he takes makes him the villain of the story. And it makes Storm Shadow the misunderstood hero. And just was, right. it was confusing because I was hoping, you know, 
they had some some smaller elements like they had Scar Scarlet and the Baroness from uh, the bigger world GI Joe. So it seemed like you know that was probably another mistake they made is trying to focus too much on the larger world at hand instead of doing an origin story. And this movie for me fell flat. And I really wanted it to be good, and it just wasn't. So that was your number one worst movie. Interesting. My number one worst movie of the pandemic out of a lot of movies. And I've Alan, I am a movie guy. I am the the original movie guy. And on top I mean, of that, I live my life Regal Unlimited. So I get to see a shitload of movies. And uh Yeah, I mean I, I thought for sure it was going to be um Oh my god, it was just on the tip of my tongue and now I'm drawing a blank. It was I Jesus, I cannot remember now. I'm too stoned, but uh it was yeah, I it was gonna say I thought it was going to be another movie and now I'm drawing a blank on what I thought it was gonna be, but um no, I mean it's yeah, that's an interesting list of six. Uh, there's um several on there I haven't seen. Um and so I you know it's hard to to have any kind of like worth whether it, I agree or disagree. Um, but there are a couple that I'd still like to watch on that list. So, um, but as a, you know, we tend to, I think even when we disagree, um, we appreciate what the other is saying and why they're saying it. And we still generally watch, you know, what, what you recommend. So, you yeah, know. I, I mean, you though, did trick me into watching Venom. That was what I was going to put. Oh, that's what it. I was going to replace F9 with Venom 2, but I had blanked on it. And I'm like, I'll just lock it. It's locked. The list is locked. Because that was the one I was going to say. I thought it was going to be number one. Because that was but like that could be, the movie you were harshest about, it feels like, a couple years. The honorable mention, Venom <laughs> didn't come out during the pandemic, but Venom 2 definitely did. Venom right. 2, let there be a tiny, 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 minuscule bit of mayhem <laughs> because there was no carnage. That movie, thank God I live an, an unlimited life because I would have been pissed off if I had to pay like nine bucks to see that movie. That's the honorable mention for no doubt. the worst ones of the pandemic. That movie, if they make a third one, it's just going to make me even more mad because they just don't understand the character. They don't get it, Alan. They don't get it. I hear you. And the so, way they did the character with that shitty post credit scene at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, it's like, you don't have a plan for this shit. You're just right. fucking flying by the window. You're nutsack. What the hell, man? No doubt. No, I agree. I mean, that you know, unfortunately, a lot of the people that are in charge of putting fans of the, you know, the original source material or don't care enough to read it even, or, or they do and they just don't care. You know, I mean, that, there's, there's this sense of, uh, you know, reading an article on something and they were saying oh we could oh i know what it was i'll get to it when i get to my list here but one of my movies on my list <laughs> they were saying oh you know the, the directors and stuff didn't feel like the 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 people that weren't familiar with the property would would be able to handle all that so we had to change it it's like just do what was already fucking successful that's why it was successful because people and if the people that don't know don't know, they'll learn. And if they don't, fuck them. You know, I mean, they don't. <laughs> the idea of changing the integrity of a story or, you know, reworking something that's been successfully in a book form just because you're afraid not enough people have read it or people that are going to come to the theater and don't know about it aren't going to understand it is stupid. I mean, that's, I, I just don't, 
it's not giving people that are watching movies enough credit. Yeah, there's a lot of Americans out there, not people out there, but there's a lot of smart people out there too that watch movies, and I think most people will get it. I mean, I don't. So I'll I'll mention it when I get to my list and when I get to that movie. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's I, I don't like it when they do that. Me neither. The uh, <laughs> you got to feed the monster. You got to feed the. Uh, likes money, money, yeah, yeah. That money, money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you want me to do my six worst now, or do you want to do your six best, and then I'll and then I'll do mine? Do you want? Yeah, let's just do. Let's let you know. Hit me with your six worst. We'll trade off. All right. So, my six worst, starting in at number six, and this one was disappointing. I, I'll give a little bit of background on these as I go through them just a little bit because I really like Robert Downey little was extremely disappointing i thought it was very poorly written i I thought robert downey jr didn't do as good a job as he normally does probably because he wasn't overly interested i don't know how engaged you scenes and all that stuff uh, as you are so i don't know if you know this is a pet project or something he had to do for something else but he never seemed overly engaged and i thought the movie was thin you know they they do do little dr doolittle's been done a number of times and this was not in my opinion, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but that's no, mine. but I, I did work at Amazon in 2019 during the time that they were running promotional material for this. So based on the number of goddamn boxes I saw with RDJ's face on it as <laughs> Doolittle, I had pretty much sealed the deal that I was not going to watch a movie. When something's in my face that much, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah, I'm glad I did not. It didn't seem like you know I I had read the numbers, a little behind the scenes action, and the box office was terrible. They tore that movie to shreds. It sounds like it was not good, and I'm just confused because the last Doolittle movie I liked was the one with Eddie Murphy in like what the late '90s, early 2000s. I think right, yeah, absolutely. Which you know isn't high art, but it was fun, and it was you know I mean Eddie Murphy's in my opinion, comedy stuff. He's always funny. Um, and you know, he's, he's, he's good in those kind of roles. So yeah, no, I mean, I agree. That was the last time I thought this really missed the mark. So that's number six on my list. Uh, coming in at number five, number five, uh, is Artemis Fowl, uh, which was directed by Kenneth Branagh. I don't know if you're familiar at all with Artemis Fowl as far as I took a couple hits of LSD and tried to watch it and I just couldn't get past the, uh, I'm, I'm a cool kid thief. Uh, you know. I just didn't like it. I turned it off. So, the, you know, the movie is, is is drastically different than the books. And yes, in the books, he is a cool kid thief. And Ian Colfer, the, you know, basically said that he was trying to create like a, a, a young James Bond, which he does, you know, to a certain extent. Um, and I, you know, but the books are really good, but the movie was terrible. I mean, and Kenneth Branagh was quoted as saying, I didn't think that the world was that didn't that wasn't familiar with Artemis Fowl was ready to just accept a 12 year old James Bond. So I had to like take it and tweak it and do all this stuff to it. Terrible. Made it not the story that I liked or that I think was successful. I mean, these were best selling children's books, basically, or young adult books, um, and extremely popular. And I think the movie did a very part service, it did a lot of disservice. So. Um, very disappointed in that. On to number three, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, Eternals. Uh, 
for me, which is a yeah, Marvel. Nobody liked that movie. Nobody liked that. Terrible. The act- I enjoyed it. You know, if nothing more than terrible. the first, like, if for nothing more than the fact that you got your first, like, Marvel sex scene. And I know people will be like, Iron Man 2 is like, no, they're rolling around the bed. These people actually fucked. <laughs> These guys fucked. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, we talk about, you know, having, you know, too much gratuitous sex, but yet we want, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I, I can... wanted it. I mean, I'm like, surprised I didn't expect to see two <laughs> characters go to the bone zone, but I'm down for it. Yeah, I just, I thought it was very, um, I thought the story was confusing. Um, I thought on top of being confusing, it wasn't overly well developed, which is probably why it was confusing. Uh, and I just, I thought the acting was bad. I thought the writing was bad. I thought the Unimind concept was funny. They were talking about the Unimind idea. Um, I just, yeah. And the main, the, the, the Asian actress lady that plays Siri and was also on, what was that show where she was a robot? I forget what it was called. Maybe it was called Humans. Uh, human or something like that, where she played a robot. Um, I have no idea I, what you're talking about. Well, so that the Asian actress on that on that. I mean, I know, movie, I know who I know the woman. I don't know the show you're talking about. Yeah, she was on a show called Humans, where like I think it was called Human or Humans, where she played an artificial intelligence. I'm like, you know, it's in the future, and everybody kind of has one, and she's like an artificial intelligence for this family, and like. She, from watching her on that show, I thought, wow, she's really good oh, at you playing. Mean surrogates. Like, I don't think it's called surrogates. I think are it's called. Sure? Are you, is it the Apple Plus TV show? Nope, I don't think so. I, I'd Google it, but I'd lose you right now. I'm pretty sure it's called Human. Um, and she's the main, like, robot in it. And I thought, wow, that actress is really good at just being like, deadpan robot dead face looking but she looks like the eternals too i thought she came across she looked exactly like that as she did in that other show and i just it's called humans so and uh i just she just left me like very dry i she didn't do anything for me at all so eternals totally missed a boat for me so that's number three i found Uh, it to be it was an okay movie um you know, when you're talking about these guys have been around, they, they survived the snap and whatnot, you, it kind of makes you an asshole, you know? And, and <laughs> I, I, liked, I liked the movie. I thought it was okay. Marvel yeah. doesn't. It's kind of proof that they need to get a little bit spicier. You know, maybe people in the beginning, it was a whole new world, so to speak. <laughs> um, but things, you know, we're what we're like almost 30 movies deep you know you got to do something different i feel like eternals was too far in the wrong direction for everybody else but i'm i I was down for it i just didn't like the fact that you know you're around for a thousand years and you you refuse to do anything a substantial good but then at the end of the day you find out they were just being tricked into farming planets for total annihilation Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, when you get, and, and I don't necessarily think of Salma Hayek as like, you know, top, but she's not Meryl Streep. 
but you know, she she's got a decent resume, and Angelina Jolie has an okay resume. And I thought, you know, oh well, there's a couple good casting in this, and you know, but I thought they were bad. I mean, I thought they neither of them was good in this at all. And I thought I some of like Angelina Jolie's uh, her character, um, her character's journey, and I definitely liked the relationship between her and the one guy that became her caretaker. I found that to be a very sweet. Um, situation. Yeah, I just thought they both fell really flat for me. I thought they were much better actresses than that. You know, that they're they're both can give a much better performance, in my opinion, than they gave in that film. So, um, so that's number three. Then coming in at number two, we both had Red Notice, which I know, you know, I this was one of those things when I was putting this list together, it became really difficult because I know that I talked much more. Glo- at the time that I spoke about it that I'm going to now. And I wasn't trying to like, talk it up and say it was good. I never really thought it was good. I definitely didn't think it, it was on my worst list, but as I started looking through the I've seen and actually going through them in my head and thinking about it, and, and, and it was up there with some other movies that didn't make the list that, that were bad as well. Um, but this one, it just when I think about part of what weighs into being bad for me is like the expectation and the money spent and all that stuff. Like, I don't know how much Netflix spent getting the rock, getting Gal Gadot. um, And I'm drawing a blank on the other Ryan Reynolds, getting all three of those people in a movie together. Doesn't, it can't be easy on the budget. So, um, and, you know, to have it written in and, you know, developed, created by The Rock or whatever, um, that's probably not super cheap. I bet he made a ton of money from Netflix. I bet their production budget was very high. And with the expectations that you would get from that, it fell very short. And that's why it made it to the top of my list. Just because I think it underperformed for what they were, you know, offering. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not the worst movie that I've seen, but with all things considered, I think it belongs at the top of the, as far as bombing or flopping, it definitely did that, which makes it, you know, got to make it one of the worst movies. Well, that was a quick uh, 180, because you were you were real high on this movie. <laughs> when you first saw yeah, it, I mean, you must have came down, you, you, your afterglow faded, and you were left cold and wanting... Well, you know, it took it took really examining a list of movies that I watched and trying to put together this list to realize that even though I kind of enjoyed parts of it, that when I'm putting together a list of bad films, this has to be on it. It, it just when you consider everything that goes into it, it, it's a bad film. That doesn't mean I can't enjoy it still, but it was it's a bad film, and it belongs to the top. And my next number one coming in at number one, I don't know. Um, how you'll feel about this because I know the director is kind of a boy. Um, but for don't me, say and again, it. don't you say it. And again, this is one of those because of the hype around it, because of son of a bitch, his you know, all of the cachet he carries with him. As and number one for me is Tenet. Um, oh, man, as, I thought you were gonna say Zack Snyder. Oh, no, no, no. Tenant uh, with, uh, you know, your boy Chris director. Nolan. Chris He's Nolan. He's not my boy. He makes some good movies, but <laughs> I'm not standing up for that nigga. I thought you were a big Christopher Nolan fan, but maybe I'm maybe I'm overreaching. You but must be thinking of one of your other bald and black friends. 
So this movie makes the top of the list because of all of those things that I've just kind of mentioned about Red Notice. You know, to be fair, it didn't quite have the cast as far as the star power. So the budget on that end probably wasn't as high, but it came with all of his prestige and Christopher Nolan's genius and greatness. And he's going to write this movie that's going to be deep and, and, you know, powerful to me that's, that's, you know, the greatest thing we've ever seen. And it just isn't, it's confusing. It doesn't make, over the place. The best thing about the movie is the main star um, and I can't think of the name. John I know he David played Washington, with... son of Denzel. So there you go. So he played Jarrett on Ballers with The Rock which I love that show on HBO. He was great as Ricky Jarrett, a wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh shit! I like him! And he was really good in this. I like him. Um, but the movie itself is just terrible. It tries to do I, I, I assume you saw it. Maybe you didn't. Yeah, I saw it. It was very confusing. It was extremely confusing um, and confusing in a bad way, you know, not just that was a really good story. I got to watch it again because I was confused by some of like to the point where like this is bad writing. And so I, yeah, and because of the expectations and because it was pushed back three times due to COVID, part of why it, it, it's not as good as it could have been maybe, I don't know, but it the movie, the plot itself is bad. And I don't think that probably has anything to do with COVID. So um, that has to do with Christopher Nolan writing a bad It's fine. Everyone's entitled to, you know, not have a, a successful movie all the time. Um, and he's done successful movies, you know. But, yeah, this one's number one on the bad list for me. So that's my top six. Your boy from Twilight, Robert Pattinson, in there. That's right. They sure did. And he looked like shit. <laughs> he looked like, yeah, he looked all like even, I don't know, he kind of looked all kind of drugged out. I mean, and I don't think that's what for, but that's what he looked like. So I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing was definitely uh, underwhelming, disappointing. Well, you know, you can't win them all. Definitely not. That's why these are all... Uh, subjective lists and i'm surprised we even had one movie that crossed over most often we don't it'll be interesting yeah, most to see often on, our, on our list we completely pass each other like ships in the night yeah i'm interested to see what happens on our top six you want to six or you want yeah to let's go crack in the top six hey where's uh, the unofficial there is an unofficial sponsor today oh there's the no official sponsor of the, of the podcast today is life. So get out there, life. put a mask on, and enjoy it. Life. Live it. Life. Live it. Smoke it. Snort it. Put it up your <laughs> asshole. However you enjoy taking it. <laughs> All right. So come on your list. Hold on one second. I gotta get back to the list. Gotta coming in back. at number six is the bad boy that kicked off movie theaters being and that people were clamoring for, whether it was on HBO Max or in theaters like me, because you're a brave boy, versus Kong. I fucking love this movie. It's 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 Hollywood, old school Hollywood, of just doing shit that is incomprehensibly nonsensical. The whole fight on the battleships, like, come on, man. 
those things should have sank? What were they <laughs> using as materials to keep those things afloat with two fucking kaijus? I fucking yep. love this movie, Alan. I know you don't feel the same way. And uh, I know you, I, I think you like barely enjoyed it, if I remember that. No, but. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, when making this list, I wrote down all the movies that I'd seen and started ranking them. And it was like 14 or 15. So out of like the 35 that I had on my list. So, I mean, it was in the upper half. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't. I enjoyed it. I, you know, I definitely didn't make my top six, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought this was, I thought this was a lot of fun. And, you know, um, this was supposed to be the big, you know, if we're using wrestling terms, this is supposed to be the big blow off match between the two of them after what? Right. Two Godzilla movies, two King Kong movies. And, you know, they weren't going to do any more in the MonsterVerse because the last Godzilla movie had done so poorly. Uh, but because of the success of this movie, they're uh, they're looking at doing some more MonsterVerse movies, which I say, you know, give me some more Kong. Give me some more Godzilla. I'm down. Give me another fight. Let the monkey win this time. <coughs> Let the monkey win this time. Let them fight. Let them fight. But yes, fight I, I, forever. I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, I guess you don't. <laughs> I mean, this this is the, always the issue that I have, you know. I tell people, is uh, when I go see a movie, I see it the first time to enjoy it because I just want to, I want to bask in the glory of the movie. I want to enjoy it, and then I see it a second time so I can pick it apart and shit on it. And I watched it. I'm at home on my, you know, damn near 50 inch TV, but I need I needed to be like Emerald. I needed to take things up a notch, so I went to the movie theaters. And my God, man, like, uh, fantastic fucking score, fight scenes on point. You know, it wasn't too short, but it wasn't too long. It got in, it did its thing, and it got out. Excuse me. You'll have to excuse Alan. Sounds like he's taking a puff of the devil's lettuce. Ooh, yes, sir. All right, coming in at number five. Breaking the top five. Crack, crack. Crack, Zick, Zack, Snyder's Justice League. Oh my God, you did not do that. <laughs> yes, I did. I was going to not put comic book movies on there, but I really did love this movie. I know it comes in at four hours and two minutes, and that's a huge commitment, whatever. But if you factor in all the times you sit on the toilet taking a shit, you should be able to make it through this movie. What you really mean to say is it comes in three hours and two minutes too long. Mm, no, <laughs> no such thing. I needed to wash the horrible taste of the Justice League out of my mouth. And this the Justice League. This it was it was a good movie. Was it perfect? No, man. I mean, and, and this would this would have never we would have never got this kind of action if they would have let Zach stick to his original vision. But I love it for the fact that he got to tell his story. The surroundings around this thing just, it seemed like a very shady situation. You know, they were partway through production. His daughter committed suicide. He had to step away and did the right thing. Him and his wife did the, the thing that you would hope a parent would do in a terrible situation like that and completely divorce themselves from proceedings to deal with their family shit. And, and you know, in my opinion, no matter how you, how you try to slice it, Warner Brothers did a shady thing and kind of went behind the guy's back. 
hired Joss Whedon, now one of the world's most famous pieces of shit, and uh, completely butchered this man's vision. You know, and and in my opinion, if anybody's going to be blamed for the 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 current state of how the DC uh, EU has gone, I'm not blaming Zack Snyder because Warner Brothers chose to make him their Kevin Feige. They forced it on the guy. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't intending to do much, but tell a fucking Superman story, maybe a little Batman story. And uh, it's because of Warner Brothers' indecisiveness and they don't know what they want to do. Their, their slate and what they're trying to, this universe they're trying to build is, is a shit pile. And, you know, it's not the first time that they've gone behind <laughs> the director's back and messed with their vision. They also did it to David Ayer with the original Suicide Squad. So it was good that Zack Snyder got to uh, uh, complete his his intended vision, yeah, even if it does run a, a bit long in the tooth. And I will say those those end scenes probably could have just put those on the DVD. You, yeah, you or the whole like first forty five minutes with all the openings. It does. It does give the vibe of like the first time I saw the Lord of the Rings. Or no, the, the Return of the King, where it's like, okay, you have one ending, and like you're getting, and I'm in the theater, so I'm getting up, like, all right, that was good. And I'm like, oh no, sit back down, I'm still a hostage. Okay, you have more? There's more? Right. More? Yeah. I, I started uh, Zack Snyder's <laughs> at like 12 midnight. So it was four o'clock in the morning, and I was as, as, as excited as I was. I'm like, okay, you know, the movie's over. And I had read online, there's some scenes. Like, I don't know if I'm going to stick around for this. And then one scene happened, another one. It's like, I swear to God, if there's a third one, I'm turning this, I'm turning this movie off. Out of yeah. support and love for Zach, I'll turn it off. <laughs> Out of support and love for Zach. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought this as we did when we talked about it. I did a, a whole podcast about it. We did um, four you know, parts of a podcast about it. No, uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we've definitely exhausted the talk on this. You know, everyone knows my opinion, which is I didn't really care for it. I thought it was way too long. But moving right along to number four on your list. Number four, coming in at fit, Fat Four. This was the last movie I saw when I lived in Vancouver. And it was the last movie I saw before the pandemic swung into full effect. And that's The Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harleen Quinzel. And again, while this movie wasn't exactly perfect, I, I liked it. I liked the fact that we're not, as much as I just talked about how they've kind of fucked up with the extended universe of DC slated films, I like that we've decided that we can just go off and tell zany side stories like this. And... Harley is, if, if people don't know, she is an original character that was created in Batman the Animated Series. And from the moment she hit the screen, the small screen, she has been a uh, uh, a fucking special character to a lot of people. And uh, uh, I, I guess the one thing I didn't <laughs> like about this movie, so originally it was just the birds of prey. And then for some weird fucking reason, they had to add and the emancipation of one fantabulous Harley and Quinzel. And I'm like, well, it, it almost seemed like by adding, making the movie title longer, they were trying to self-sabotage. It really felt like that. And uh, 
But I, I, I dug the movie. I mean, I dug it enough to, to slot it in at number four, obviously. Obviously. I don't know if you saw it. I did see it, but I saw it when it first... I remember seeing it when it first out, available to be seen outside of the movie theater. I don't remember what that was on. It might have been on HBO Max or something like that um, at some point. Um, and it's been a while since I saw it. I mean, I remember, you know, kind of enjoying it. You know, again, I find just Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn and that kind of stuff, that Watchmen-esque type of superhero story and 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 genre and I'm not a huge fan of that so um which is I don't like Peacemaker um and so you know uh yeah I think you should give Peacemaker another chance nah fuck damn dude how many episodes did you watch two and it was two hours of my life I'll never get back I mean no offense to John Cena but he's fucking terrible I mean the man first of all the man can't walk normal or move normal because he's too fucking too humanly big that when he walks, he looks like a fucking action figure. So that drives me nuts to begin with. <laughs> Secondly, when he talks and he fucking moves his head, he just, I, I can't explain it. He looks like a fucking robot. And I love John Cena as a wrestler. And, and I give him all the respect for trying, but this he's really fucking and it's really badly written. It's really tacky. It's really over the top. The, 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 what they're attempting to be, I guess, dark humor or, you know, the always sunny in Philadelphia-esque type humor, but even hey, more Hey, hey, you top, leave the gang out of this. It misses on every level for me. I, I just, I don't, yeah, no. That show was fucking terrible. Damn, well, I'm enjoying it. And you're saying the writing is bad, but you know it's written by the same guy who wrote both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Well, I, he's missing the boat on this. I, you know, I, for whatever reason, he's missing the boat. If it's Cena, I don't know if it's what it is, but it's bad. You know, that's it's, weird, Alan, because I just read an article that says that this show is the highest uh, requested streaming show ever. Yeah, well, there's no accounting for bad taste. 51% of the population voted for Donald Trump, too. So. God, you're such a fucking miser. <laughs> anyway, right. moving what on to number three. number three. My number three, cracking the top three. Uh, I don't know if you saw this movie, Alan, but I, I think I bragged to you about it. I definitely did a solo verse cast on this one. And coming in at number three, baby, we're going to get a little freaky. I fucking love this movie. I fucking loved it. The the young actress who starred in the movie, fucking fantastic. Vince Vaughn. I'd said to myself when I saw the trailers, Vince Vaughn has to pretend like he's a teenage girl trapped in the, the body of a full-grown serial killer. Uh, and I said to myself, either he's going to nail this role or he's going to flop. And he fucking nailed it. Yeah, it I like Vince Vaughn. I haven't seen this, but I always enjoy Vince Vaughn. I think he's a really good actor. He seems to... Well, and everything I've seen him, and I really enjoyed it. So it doesn't I would highly me. suggest you check it out, Alan. It's from the same people. I don't know if you saw these other movies too. For it's from the same guy who did Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. With the movies you talked about them, but I have not seen them. They are. I think if if I was going to point you in the direction of one, 
I would say that you would probably enjoy Freaky a little bit more than Happy Death Day because Freaky is a little bit more of a. It's a. Uh, it's um. What the fuck is the name of the movie? It's uh. God. <coughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan did a version of it. Freaky uh, Friday. Yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, geez. The movie's called Freaky. Yeah, it's Freaky Friday, but it's 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 killing. It's Freaky Friday with murder. Uh, it's it's a good movie, man. They're, they've got lore in there. You know, sometimes people come out with concepts and they don't fully conceptualize the lore. And and some people think that's a small detail, but it can be a pretty big detail. And if you don't nail it down, it can kind of fuck up the whole flow of the movie. And so they, in a, in a short amount of time, establish the lore behind how the swap happens and what you need to do to unswap. I just I found this movie to be very charming, and I like the title. You know, I like to get a little freaky. I can be a little freaky naughty. You know, I liked it. I liked it. Hey, that's funny. All right, coming in at number two. Coming in at number two, The Invisible Man. I don't know. If oh, you saw The this. Invisible Man. I saw it. Yeah. I. Oh my God, man. Oh my God. Well, I was talking earlier about The Conjuring not scaring me, and how I like to be scared. That scene. Get out of me. That scene where she's fucking hiding in the fucking closet and she takes the paint after like just staring at blank space for a good minute and then splashing it and dude pops up. Oh my fucking God, man. Yeah. That I thought my heart was going to jump out of my fucking chest. The movie that scared movie the shit out of me. So fucking hardcore. The scene where she's in the, the restaurant and her, her evil piece of shit ex-husband makes her look at makes it look like she killed her husband like geez man that movie was hardcore and and like a different kind of way but it was good it was good but you know what i've noticed alan and this goes back to like kevin bacon's hollow man and i suppose the original the original invisible man but what is it about a guy gaining the the ability to turn invisible that instantly makes him a fucking creep or a psycho what is that right you notice that? You notice the, the, the commonality between people going invisible and then turning fucking plum loco? Yeah, apparently all it takes is not being able to be seen for everyone to lose their moral compass. Yeah, like, as I, long I mean, as it's you that's doing it, there's nothing stopping you from just being a total psychopath, right? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I'd steal money from a few banks, but I wouldn't, like, stalk an ex-girlfriend... Or make her look completely fucking nuts in the head. <laughs> yeah. But I did like it. What you? What did you think of it? I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was scary. Um, you know, I'm not a huge horror person, but this is not your traditional kind of horror. Although it's more the kind of horror that I like um, because it's not your, you know, traditional like slasher or Freddy Krueger or, you know, whatever those kind of, um, you know, it's more kind of subtle. It's a little bit more um, mental. Um, and just, you know, I, the idea of, yeah, of being stalked by someone invisible or that, you know, uh, potentially someone invisible could be standing next to you at any time is pretty kind of creepy. And yeah, I thought they did a good job. I thought the acting was good. Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I mean, it didn't make my list, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I found it to be an excellent movie. And, uh, yeah, I, I liked it more than I thought I would. 
I so are we at number one or number two? That was, huh? That was number two? That was number two. And now Moonwalking right in number one. I, I, I told you, you wouldn't see this coming. But my nope. number one, and I swear to God, if they don't give this actor a fucking award because she's good, I'm going to lose my fucking shit on somebody on Twitter. Now, coming in at number one is Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart. That is my number one movie of the pandemic era of movies. It's a fantastic meditation on the struggles of mental health and an even more fascinating look into the inside psychotic lives of royalty. I thought uh, this was a good movie. And I haven't I was, seen it. I, I can't really comment. Huh? I have not seen it, so. You need to see it. Uh, someone else asked me, like, really, you're going to go see that? I explained it, and they're like, you know, I thought you were more like a, an action-type guy. And I was like, you know, I like, I like a palate cleanser from time to time. I, I like to go see independent movies that, you know, are just quiet, meditative pieces. And this one, you know, I just, I, I knew that she was going to be a force. I knew she was going to be an acting force. I knew she was going to do something special, and she did. She really did. And she's nominated for a couple awards. I really, I really will be fucking mad if she doesn't win awards for this movie. I fully expect and think that she deserves to win an award for her performance. Well, I would definitely have to check it out. You talked about this. I think this is the second time you talked about this. I know that you did a solo podcast, I believe, on this, and you podcast. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely need to check it out. I mean, I'm, you know, Kristen Stewart kind of hit or miss for me. I mean, I, I thought she was good in the Twilight movies, um, but you know, as a general rule, it's not like, oh my God, Kristen Stewart. I mean, I don't think of her as like one of the best actresses out there, but you know. Um, I'll definitely check this out at some point. And that's another thing I would say is that I would say maybe invest a little time and do some research. You might find that she's actually grown to be quite a better actress. And I always tell people that it's the writing for Twilight. You know, I mean, Taylor Lautner is not a good actor, but Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, and some of the older actors obviously aren't, are not bad actors. It's just the writing was really fucking bad. Right. Yeah, and maybe that's true, which is funny, you know, I mean, I didn't mind the, the Twilight movies. I mean, as a general whole, I kind of enjoyed them, which is funny because I, I often complain about, you know, stories with teenage janks and too much of it, and this was definitely all about teenage janks, but I guess it's all really just in the way that it's done, you know? I don't know. You know, it's like that great statement that the Supreme Court justice said about pornography. I'll know it when I see it, or, you know, obscenity. I'll know it when I see it, and I, it's just how it is, like, I, you know, some things in my, I like more than others. I just, when I see it, I like it or I don't. Um, and I just, I, I always enjoy Twilight, even though it's not necessarily in my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, you know, the older I've gotten, remember, I, I we talked about this on podcast. I took a couple tabs of LSD and I feel like it helped me unlock it. I was like, you know, I can, I can see these movies still suck ass and they, they can't hold a candle to Harold James Potter, but these movies aren't that bad. It's, if they're free on Amazon, you know. Oh. Right. So I've softened my stance on them. I'm not as hard-nosed as I was. They're not great. They're definitely, as you would say, Alan, they are not high art. 
<laughs> and the goddamn what? werewolf falls in love with the baby. Like, you know, fucking sue me for thinking that that's some kind of pedophile shit. But just weird. It just just is. weird. Just weird. Well, we have no crossover in our top six lists. So, um, which I don't, that, that doesn't surprise me. We, we really don't have crossover. More surprised that we had crossover on our worst six than I am that we don't have any crossover on our top six. So, um, I don't know if you want me to just kind of start in with my six or. Hey, do it however you want to do it, man. And at number six, I got Spider Man No Way Home. Um, I, you know, I enjoyed this. This I, is the best Marvel movie I've, or not Marvel movie, because I know it's Sony, but universe, Marvel property, whatever. It's a Sony property by me. By, I, I, you know what I'm saying. Um, in, in the last couple of years, I mean, since probably Avengers. Um, I like than the first two Spider-Man movie. Um, I it hit the mark a little bit more. I think Tom Holland has settled into the role a little bit more. He's he feels more kind of confident and sure about the role and and Peter Parker than he was maybe in the first two. I don't know if he's read more comic books. I don't know what he's done to, but he just seems to have kind of settled into the role. And I thought the story in this one was. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home coming in at number six. Uh, moving up the list at number five, I've got uh, Don't Look Up. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's an Adam McKay film. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence play two scientists that discover there's an asteroid going to hit the Earth in six months. Um, and it's all kind of about the way the world responds to it and our political climate. Um, Meryl Streep plays the president of the United States, and Jonah Hill plays her son, Slash, who's just completely egregious and out of control um, and inappropriate. Meryl Streep is great, as always. Um, so I, I thought it was hysterical. It's a great commentary on our political world at the moment and just kind of society as a whole. Um, so that's number five on my list. Uh, I did not Number see it, but I did hear that uh, it was. I guess it's been a very highly viewed movie, but it was very poorly rated, and I think oh, it's based on like climate change facts or something. I, I've read quite a bit about Don't Look Up. It's been in the news quite a bit. It was rated as a. One article said that after what a decade or so of good movie streaks, that Leonardo DiCaprio finally broke his good movie streak, and that this is like his first bad movie. Oh, really? That's what they were saying in the article. I haven't seen the movie yet. I I don't have Netflix anymore. Well, clearly it's in my top six list, so I didn't feel thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was irreverent. I thought it was very well written. I thought it was a great social commentary on society and kind of the world and the way things go. I mean, it's got some issues, as do every movie, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really recommend you check it out. I, I think you'll opinion of it one way or the other. I mean, I think you'd like it, but um, I, I definitely think it's a must-see for everyone to at least check out. Uh, let's see. If I'm move, moving along here to number four, I got One Night in... Which is the... Oh, we, yeah. did, we did a podcast on that. We it's did. the meeting of Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali... Well, Cassius Clay at the time and Sam Cooke and the hotel room. I think it's Regina King's directorial debut. Is that correct? 
It is her directorial debut. If I remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean, this movie I thought was really good. I thought Regina King did a really good job. There's not, you know, there's no real action to it. It's not that kind of a film. It's more of a... Oh, there's action. It's just action of a different variety. Yeah, there is action of variety, no doubt. Um, but it's more of kind of a food for thought, I guess, type film. I mean, it's more of a traditional than I would than it is any kind of an action film. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought the acting was really good, uh, and that you know, even though it's it all kind of takes place and has kind of a feeling to it, which I think we talked about when we reviewed it, because it all kind of takes place in that same hotel room. I thought they did a really good job of of still making it interesting and keeping my attention. And, and I thought the, the acting was really well done. I thought everyone that was in it was really good. So uh, that's coming in at number four. Uh, coming in at number Kappa, I want to, when you're done with your list, I want to give one honorable mention for the best movie, the movies of the pandemic. All right. Um, so coming in at number three, I got, uh, and I got The Harder They Fall, which is the... Alba, um, yes, another gentleman. movie that we covered on the podcast. Correct. The gentleman whose name I... Um, Nat Turner was the character. I forget the actor's name. Jonathan um, Majors. There you go. Um, the acting in that I thought was really good. We've been through that. So that's my number three movie. Um, number two, coming in at number two, I got The uh, <clears throat> Five Bloods. And I watched this a second time. Because um, a friend of mine, another friend of mine, um, mentioned that they really enjoyed it. And the first time I watched it, I thought I enjoyed it because I remember we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, but I, maybe I slept through it more than I, I should have the first time. And when I watched it the second time, it's a fucking good film. I don't know if you've watched it or not. But not yet. I it's thought, on my list. It's in my queue. I thought Delroy Lindo um, was, is, is fucking phenomenal. He's goes off the deep end. The story, um, I don't want to give too much, but it's, you know, five ex-Vietnam, well, four ex-Vietnam vets, and Chadwick Boseman was the fifth who died in Vietnam, essentially. Um, and, uh, you know, they go back to try to find a, a treasure and, and the body, Chadwick's body that they had buried. And so they go through quite a few different hijinks along the way as far as, you know, any kind of treasure... Um, you know, recapture story. Um, inevitably, you know, it, it's not where it's supposed to be. And then other people come along and you have to, you know, whatever, but it, it's really good. If, if you haven't seen it, check it out, put it higher on your list. Um, Chad, I guess is in it. I guess this was technically his very last film. Um, and, you know, so I, you see him just very little, but he's still good in it. Um, but I thought Delroy Lindo stole the show. Really good film. And I'm not a big, like, war movie guy and but it's not a war movie there's definitely some war scenes and the guys are fucked up um from war and it's got a heavy war connotation to it but not your traditional war film um oh uh, yeah definitely everyone should check it out so that's number two and uh coming in at number one which we also did a podcast about number uh, one with the bullet huh I said number one with a bullet. Number one with a bullet. Ma Rainey's Black. You son of a uh, bitch. That was going to be my honorable mention. Oh, there you go. See? 
So I put it at number one, my favorite movie over the last couple of years. And I, I thought Viola Davis's portrayal. I'm not familiar with Ma Rainey, who is definitely a real life person. Um, you blew my I'm mind when you told me that was Vi Vi. Yeah. So her portrayal of her, um, again, I don't know her, so I don't know how accurate it is. But just seeing it, I thought she was great. I saw she put the white music producer through were hysterical. All the little jabs. I thought Chadwick Boseman was great. The the whole interaction with the band members, you know, off, you know, in whatever they're in the room or the basement, hanging out, um, and just just the whole dynamic of the movie uh, for me it was the best movie I've seen in a long time. So that's uh, and I consider it high art. I thought that was high art, very well written. The is sharp. Um, the filming is great. You know, the acting is is top notch, A plus. Uh, you know, everyone hits their marks. I don't think there was a weak, um, you know, line or or or, you know, character in the film. Um, yeah. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom takes my number one. And that's that's my uh, honorable mention for uh, uh, my list. I, I, I struggled. I didn't want to add any comic book movies because I felt like that would have been too easy and a little bit cheaty. I was really trying to step outside of that that paradigm, but I, you know, as much as my memory is pretty good, I, I've seen so many fucking movies and TV shows in the span of almost three years that I forgot about, you know, I forgot about One Night in Miami. I forgot about Ma Rainey's Black Booty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, uh, you know, I agree with that. It makes me wish that I would have put higher art on my list, but I still stand by my list. Still stand by your list. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, again, I think, you know, it's, there's several kinds of lists that you can always do, you know, there, and there is a difference between, between, best or you know high art and 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 my favorite i like shit that's fucking stupid like i mean if this was a list of my favorite movies it would have adam's family 2 on here and it would have you know um i'm surprised uh, you didn't put tom and jerry or it would have fucking um what is melissa mccarthy's fucking um space movie love that i thought was hysterical i'm drawing a blank on the name of it right now but um, you know, but you know, I even though I enjoy them, I don't, you know, I, they're not ones that I'm necessarily super anxious to like run out and recommend to everybody. But so I tried to go with a little bit more of what I thought were my the best six movies, um, as opposed to necessarily my favorite. Um, although I know at the beginning I said that it was my favorite, but now that I'm thinking about it, I did leave some off that I thought were probably more, a little more exciting that I laughed more or whatever, whatever. But as far as their impact and stuff, you know, like um, I thought my the movies on my list have, have more impact for me. They, they carry more of a, a weight than some of the other ones that could have been on the list. So. Hey, sometimes it just be like that. It just be like that. Hey, look, we did it in under the hour that our we did. We uh, came in with uh, less than two minutes to spare. We didn't even have to break this into two episodes. We could have been like the WWE and just made you work for it, but we wanted to give it to you with both barrels in one shot. Both barrels 
say shotgun style, baby. Bukaki for life, son. Oh, Jesus. See, you went a little too far, sir. <laughs> We're going beyond entertainment, Alan. Jesus. We're going beyond entertainment. Want to go beyond their wildest dreams. Beyond. Entertainment beyond just be gone, has, has, be, has gone beyond entertainment. <laughs> it's gone into straight smut. It's just straight smut. Well, we have clearly we're running out of time. We've got a couple seconds left. Alan, you want to take us out? As always, in the words of Ron Burgundy, keep it classy. Stuff it down with a whole lot of brown. And hey, you guys, I just read on the news that there's another variant out there. There's another Transformer coming for us. So wear your masks. <laughs> wear your masks. Let's get rid of these deceptive cunts. I mean, cons. Right? Fuck. Like, wear enough your is enough. Your booster. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've I've been boosted. Yeah, that's why we didn't do the the podcast, as people would well know, because we got boosted. And uh, I don't know about you, Alan, but I was down. I was down too. And, I was down this for two days, and yep, I was down. My dumbass decided to take a couple hits of LSD, and I think that booster sickness fucked with my high. Ooh, I don't think I was yeah. able to 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 peak the way I wanted to. I wasn't yeah. able to peak like a guy who wears Letterman jacket peaks in high school. That's right. Like Al Bundy peaked in high school. Like a bunch of people peaked in high school. And <laughs> hey, maybe some of you listening right now are the ones who peaked in high school. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But stop wearing <laughs> that jacket. It's weird. <laughs> All right. On the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening and being faithful. All three of you listeners, we appreciate and we love you lots and lots. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Catch you on the next one. Later.